different trees, different purposes. This happened to be branches off of a fig tree here. And you'll notice that if you can see it there or not, but there's fruit on that branch. So everything has a purpose. You and I have a purpose. Today I want to go to the parable of where it talks about the Lord walking down the road. And he's hungry and he sees a fig tree. You'll find that over in Matthew 21 and start with 19, 20, and 21 and 22. Now I'm going to read that this morning out of the King James for you just a second here because uh, I've got it another one, but I, want, I just want to read it from here. Uh, I'm already here. It said, And when he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon. Catch that, nothing thereon, but leaves only. And he said unto it, Let no fruit grow on thee henceforth forever. And presently the tree withered away. And when the disciples saw it, they marveled. These are people that have been around the Lord. And they marveled that that tree withered. And then going on down uh, 21, it said, And Jesus said unto them, I say unto you, if you have faith and doubt not, you shall not only do this, he says, which is done to the fig tree, but also you shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and it shall be done. Faith and don't doubt, he says. And 22 said, In all things whatsoever you shall ask in prayer... So he put that pretty strong. We need to pray. Believing, he said, you shall receive. Catch that word, believing. So anything in God today that we're going to get from God has to be in faith. The Bible says it's impossible to, believe God, um, to please God without faith. We need to have faith to please him. Just being around somebody that's got faith, that won't do it. We need faith. I, as I read that, I got to thinking about a lot of things. But what really stuck out to me is here's Jesus going down the road. And he's hungry. Nothing's hid from the Lord. I want, you know, he knows everything. And, but he walks up to this tree, and I'm sure he knew it before he got there. But he goes up this tree, and he uh, is expecting to find some fruit on it, and he sees none. Said he found nothing. But he did find something. The Bible says, except leaves. And when I read that, I began to think, what is the Lord saying to me? Well, I, as I begin to put it in, into this perspective, uh, you know, trees, they go dormant at a season. They're typically, as you look at them, they look dead. They have no leaves on them. They just stand in the twigs there with nothing. They're dry, and then life begins to come into the roots in the uh, right time of the year in the spring, and then the sap goes up, and they begin to bloom out, and they, for all practical purposes, they look like they're perfectly healthy, and they're everything they're supposed to be. As I look at you here this morning, I can look at you, and you're in church. That's what we're supposed to do. I can assume that you're right where you need to be with the Lord. But 
when we look at the, what the Lord has talked about here in the Scripture, he talked about uh, with the wheat, there was some that, that grew up and looked just exactly like the other wheat, only it didn't have kernels in it. It was called a tare. And then we look and we find that there was some seed planted and, and some didn't fall on the right kind of ground and so it didn't do anything. And, and we look at this fig tree and it has some fruit on it, but the Lord saw one that had leaves on it like this. Now, if I would have asked you earlier before I brought this in, how many would know a fig tree by just walking down the road and seeing it and ask you to raise your hands? There'd be a lot of you couldn't have done that. But when we see fruit on it, we know that it's a fig tree because we can see the figs on it. We know what figs are supposed to be like. But Jesus said, there was nothing on this fig tree except leaves. It showed it was alive. It showed that it, that it was uh, uh, using nutrients out of the ground. It was doing everything that you and I do in its perspective. Uh, like uh, you and I living here today and we breathe in the air and we're walking around and we're even in church. But, but the question is, if Jesus came to us, would he find fruit in our lives? See, I, I've looked around in, in my life, and I don't want to beat no hobby horses to death, but, but in my life, I think we as Pentecostals have, have we missed the mark in a lot of ways of what really it is to be, be what Jesus called us to be. We get hung up on the gifts, and the gifts are great, that we need the gifts, but it's not, it's not the way we should measure ourselves as to who we are. The gifts is what we do, but who we are is people that put on the fruit of the Spirit so as people can see and know that Christ is in us. When I began to look at that, and, and Jesus said, no, no, found nothing except leaves. Found nothing. I, I want the Lord, if he comes by today and, and sends his Holy Spirit by to, to examine my life, and, and he knows everything, but I want him to see and know that there's fruit in my life. And that if he finds that, that means I'm going to have to get into the place where Paul talked about that I become a new creature in Christ Jesus that I let that outwardly come out where people can see that. Because he's coming back for people who's made themselves ready, it tells us in the scripture. And you know, I, I would like for maybe for Brother White to do all my uh, taking care of all my business I need for me to get ready. But the truth of the matter is all he can do is preach to me and encourage me and love me in the Lord. But if I really have been blessed to have the Lord come into my heart, then I ought to get into the book and see what the pages say that I ought to do and I ought to try to do it. Don't you think we ought to do that? I think that's what the Lord is trying to show us here in one thing. said when the disciples saw this, they were amazed. They were amazed. And when I get my King James, uh, uh, my chain reference Bible, it has something over here that I want to share with you. It talks about unfruitfulness. Unfruitfulness, it talks about. And when I flipped it over and I got into unfruitfulness, I began to uh, uh, check out what it's talking about. And it tells me that unfruitfulness, uh, it's, it's divine judgment visited upon in our lives sometimes, says Matthew 3 and 10 says, and now also it says the axe is laid into the root of the trees, and therefore every tree which bringeth forth not forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into fire. When we read about the wheat, we found out that, that uh, uh, 
master told the servants, let it alone. Let them grow together. At least she puck up the wheat. And he said, it's in all that's not good is what he's saying. I'm paraphrasing. All that's not good will be bound up and, and bottled and be cast into the fire and be burned. See, we need to, I think what I'm trying to get at here this morning is that there was a great price paid for you and I have victory. We can have victory in our life. We can be people that when people see us know that Jesus lives within the, our lives because they can see it in, in our actions and in our deeds and how we do. They will begin to see fruit in our lives. Any, anything that God has is supposed to put on fruit that doesn't have fruit is barren. This tree was barren. It, ha it had leaves. It was alive, but it had no fruit. No, it, it, therefore, it was good for nothing for what it was created for. And if you and I claim to be Christians and we don't put on the fruit of Christ in our life, then we're good for nothing for what God's called us to be. Because he said, you and I are light of the world. We're the light of the world. And so if we can't project Christ in our life in such a way, just the way we carry ourselves and the things we do, then we've missed the mark. And so when I, when I begin to look at that and begin to see what he was talking about in unfruitfulness, it says uh, one of the causes of his worldliness. Matthew 13 and 22 said, He also that receiveth seed among the thorns of he that heareth the word and the cares of the world and the uh, deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becometh unfruitful. Becomes barren without any, any uh, recognition of Christ living his life is what he's saying. And it said it results in God's disappointment with our lives. Now you may get di disappointed with me. You may be disappointed with me. But it's another, and I don't want you to be, but it's another thing for God to be disappointed in us in the way that we're living and claiming for Christ to be in our life. They ought to be a change, don't you agree? In our lives, when we come to an altar, now it's not sometimes uh, uh, we expect God to just take us and change us so that we go from uh, imperfection into perfection in one step. It don't happen like that. It's a journey. We move as the Holy Spirit leads us, and we need to let him lead us. But it says it's a result. It results in the master's disappointment. And that's what we're reading from now, the fig tree. There was no fruit on it. There was no fruit on it. And when I begin to take it a little further, there is a, another place I would like to take you this morning as we're here and at the Luke 13 and 6 and 9, it's also a parable about a man that had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and said he went to look for fruit on it but did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, for three years, you can almost feel the displeasing in, his, in the scripture as he begins to have this pinned down the writer that wrote it. It says, for three years. And when I read it out of the New King James, uh, he says, he said to the keeper of the vineyard, look, for three years I've been, I've come seeking fruit 
on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. He said, cut it down. And when he said, cut it down, why use up the soil? And here's symbolic, I think, of what the Holy Ghost pleads the case for you and I sometimes when, when God's displeased with my walk or your walk when we've, when we've not been careful to walk where we're walking and, and we've walked into places we shouldn't have and got into trouble and, and I can just about see the Holy Ghost as he would give God an answer similar to this and he says, uh, as he begins to uh, uh, talk, he says, give it one more chance. Give it one more chance. The gardener answered, leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. And if we get figs, then fine, he says. If not, I'll cut it down. We, we serve such a good God that, that he plants us in his vineyard. But even so doing that, it's not, he's not just a good God that we can, we, I don't think that we can just live like we want to and do what we want to, and, and I don't think anybody here is doing that, but, but I'm sure that if we looked around the world, there'd probably be some that's doing that. And, and God's not pleased with our lives when we live lives that, that are so full of uh, uh, my adjustment for what I want to do, when it's all about me and the way I want to do things. See, I read in the scripture where this life that we live is a sacrificial life. It means that, that we live a life that's pleasing to God, not what's pleasing to, to what I'd like to do sometimes. There's times everybody in this church house would have liked to went someplace rather than come to church on Sunday morning. I'm sure of that, even me. That's the fleshly side of me. But the spiritual side of me knows what God's done for me. And I love serving God. And this is the place where I'm going to meet with God's people in corporate body on Sunday morning. And I like to come out and do that. And I'm going to be here as long as the Lord will allow me to do that, see. Because I want to be a person that's going to be doing what God would have me do. And now there's, there's, there's a fight that goes on. Paul said we war about things like that daily. The flesh wants to do one thing. The spirit wants to do another. But we know who we are and we know what we are to do in the minute that we quit listening to what we should do spiritually, we begin to get into a place where we're going to be in self-will to do what we want to do. And I don't think God's pleasing with that because we're not going to be fruitful in what God's called us to be. You know, on the outward appearance, if we pull the fruit off of this tree, it looks just alive as any of the other branches on that tree out there. But each one of us God has given us a task in life. And that task is to let him shine through the goodness of him in our life. Let people see that, that he has made a difference in our life. That we love people, that we have faith, that we're long-suffering. And so he tells him, in his word he tells us that he found leaves only. Leaves only. Leaves only. Everybody here has the ability through the Lord, through his spirit, to be a witness to somebody. God has put us in front of people that we can be a witness and people will see that Christ lives in our heart. Sometimes it's not an easy thing. Sometimes it's a, it's a task. But when we lean on the Lord, it's doable. Praise the Lord. And we need the Lord to get glory out of our life, don't we? Praise God.
Give it one more chance, he says. Give it one more chance. Leave it another year. And I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. And if we get figs next year, fine. If not, I'll cut it down. You know, we're not promised tomorrow. We're promised today. This is the day the Lord's give us. And you've made the most of it because you've come to God's house. You've had good intention to be what God's called you to be because you've come to God's house. Every day is, is only one day at a time. I found out in my life the best way for me, and this is for me, I'm telling you, to live for God is to focus on this day. Before I got saved, I made lots of excuses why I couldn't do this and why I couldn't do that. I told people, well, I, you know, uh, I'm too young. I, I can't live that rigid life they're talking about. For uh, uh, Some of them are old, and they ain't not got nothing to look forward to. And, 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 but I, I need to have some room here. I'll, I'll think about serving God later on when I'm older, when I got through with what I want to do. But I want you to know something. That's naiveness. That's, that's carnality speaking out. That's people that don't know what they're talking about because this is the day that we have. God allowed us to wake up this morning in our right mind, and apparently we're able to, to put our feet forward and come in. We've come into God's house. Now then, are we going to take this same day and be focused on being what God wants us to do no matter what the storms come our way? It's not a long time to endure, to be, to be long-suffering with people and to, to be caring and, and uh, try to show people that, that God lives in you. It takes a little effort sometimes to love some people under certain situations. It takes a little effort sometimes to forgive people when people get upside down their spirit. It takes a little effort sometimes to look at people through the eyes of Christ and look at them and rather than look at them through my eyes and through my timetable and through my thoughts, you see, because when I look at people uh, through the flesh, then I, I don't look very good. I don't, I don't see them very good. He said. I probably, you could, some of you could say, yeah, you don't look very good, Brother Ben, but that's, that's the wrong thing I would put out there, you know what I mean. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, we need to look at people through God's eyes. We need to have compassion and love. And we need to be, with everybody we meet, we need to be in the spirit of the servant of, of the man that had the, the, the fig tree in his vineyard. Let me dig around it. Let me, let me just love him. Let me just encourage him for a while, Lord. Don't, don't get impatient with him. Let me, just, let me just work with him. You know, so many times uh, we want to get this idea, well, uh, they're never going to amount to nothing. They're never going to do anything. Just forget about them. Let them go on. I've heard sometime uh, back, uh, and I'm not going to say when or where, but I heard somebody say, well, if they don't like the way we worship, just let them go on down the road. Was that spirit of flesh? See, because when I, when I hear things like that, I quickly go back and, and, and I think about my life where I was until the Lord's mercy come into my life. See, we need God's mercy. We need to be what God called us to be. Now, this tree he uses here to show us, I believe in the scriptures, that, that we can look alive. We can have all the the appearances for somebody looking at us and say, oh, boy, they're such a good Christian. They're such a good Christian. But the real test comes is when somebody 
comes in contact with you, or you cross paths with somebody that's hurting, somebody that needs some help, and when they come over to you, and they, and, and they begin to seek some, a little love and attention from you, or some counsel, how do you answer them? Do you answer them in the flesh and be unfruitful? Or do we try to back up and say, how would the Lord handle this? How would the Lord handle this? And the Lord, I'll tell you how he would handle it. He loved people so much, even before we knew what love was. He loved me when I, I was such a wretch. I didn't even love me. I didn't love my family. I didn't love anybody, brother. I thought I had it together. But he loved me so much that he sent his sweet spirit to come to me and to deal with my heart. And when he came to me to deal with my heart, he sent somebody by to share with me how God had touched their heart and how God had changed them and how God had, had mercy with him and gave me hope. He sent somebody by that I could find food in their spiritual life for what I needed. And so if, if God gives everything a purpose and, and he uses uh, uh, parallels with plants to show us who we are in him, then certainly God is looking more for us, more from us, than just occasionally the gifts working through us. He's looking for someone that even in the middle of the storm that the fruit of the Spirit is going to be evident in our lives, that we're going to love God and people are going to see that. And, we're, and, and by the real truth of it, if we love God, they're going to see that we love them also. See, because God's love. But just to say, hey, I go to church on Sunday morning. I, I sit in a pew even up front or on the outside. You could just be a barren Christian with no fruit to offer to those that's coming by needy. God puts people in our path that it's not by accident. It's so that we can show them there's something different in my life than the world's God. Sometimes it shows, hey, brother, I've been there where you are. And I want you to tell you something that I know a God that can fix your problem, that can lift you up, that'll set your feet on solid ground, and you don't have to be hung up where you've been there. That's fruit in our life, to let the love of Christ flow outward from us to somebody else. And that's just as needful, more so really, than for a fig tree in a man's vineyard when a man's hungry to walk down and find no fruit on it. But it's a parallel. It's showing us who we ought to be and who we are. We have to look at our own lives, though, to see, are you barren in the Lord? Or are you just a Christian that's alive and walking, coming to church? Or do you really have the real Spirit of God in your life? Or are you just a member at Woodland Family Worship Center. Man, look at me. I play the drums. I lead praise and worship. I sing or, or I run the sound system. Or I'm the preacher. 
All of those are titles that we can have just so as much as the fig tree had a title. It's titled in the word of fig tree. It didn't say just a tree that had no fruit. It's a fig tree. You and I are titled Christians when we give our heart to the Lord. But anywhere you think about that, you look in the word and it talks about growth. It talks about a season for the wheat to grow up and put on fruit or to put on grain. And that's its prime purpose in life is to, when it's planted, to become mature and to have seed from it that's more than winning the ground. But the trick is here, many people don't realize it, but the word says unless a grain of fall into the ground and die, it's no good for nothing. So if we come to church every Sunday and we never bear fruit, what good are we? What good are we? Jesus died for you and me. He literally died and he lived for us. You and I, we need to live for Christ and be what he's called us to be and have fruit visible for people to see in our life. So as if I walk by somebody that's hungry and I have fruit that he's hungry that we can share in Christ. Give him strength. Everything living in God has a purpose. A Christian's purpose is to be a light to somebody. Stand with me all over this place, will you? Glory to God. I hope you got a little out of that little teaching. It's not very lengthy. Probably most of you already knew where I was coming from. But I just want to gently remind you again of what the scripture was saying. See, faith is a fruit. And the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. Next week, I want to take you someplace, Lord willing. I, I know we've got some things planned, but, but I want to speak to you next week. And I'm going to speak to you along the lines of, that you can see and you can examine yourself if you're really fruitful or not as a Christian. I want to take you to Galatians 5 and 22 next week, Lord willing. If the Lord come before then, we'll forget about it and I'll meet you in heaven. Somebody else can preach it. God bless you. Let's, let's, ha let's have a little music. Now, while they begin to play something softly, don't get too loud. I want you to think about this little message this morning. And I, I, you know, I want you to take root in your heart what I've tried to say to you this morning. I believe it's very, very important because I believe if God, according to the scriptures, I think I can prove it to you this morning, if God didn't have something for you and I to do on this earth, other than come to church. When he saved us, he took us right on to heaven, Brother Roy. But he left us here for two reasons. So we can grow in him, become strong in him, and be a light to reflect him in our, in our life to people around us. That, and we can help somebody else 
through some of the things that we've come through ourselves. There's not anybody in here that hadn't had to come through something in your life. I've come through mine, and you've come through yours with God's help. God's using me with some of the things I've come through to help some, and he'll use you to help some with some of the things you've come through, son. But the way we do that is we just put it all in God's hands. Say, Lord, here I am. If you can use nothing, Lord, then use me, because without you I'm nothing. We're the only thing that can limit us from reaching the sky in the Lord. Or oh, the devil will send somebody by to say, hey, you're not worth nothing. You don't know anything. Or you're never going to get there. But just as sure as you hear those words, it wasn't sent by the Lord. Because he made you special, and he made you special, and he made you special, sister. He made you special, son. We're a masterpiece in God, every one of us. And when the master gets through working on whatever he's working on, it can't be any proved any more than that. But you see, we limit him for making us what he wants us to be by how much we're willing to let him do what he wants to do in our lives. I can't be for him what he wants you to be. And I can't even get you there. He needs a willingness from you. And then he'll move all the obstacles. Now here's the other thing out of that one little verse before I be quiet here. There was a time come when the master cursed the fig tree and told it to die. God won't always, always keep on dealing with us about the same thing. You are here this morning. You know where you are and you know who you are. You know what you need in God. I'm going to ask Brother White to come help me pray. And if you're not satisfied where you are in the Lord for any reason, I want you to slip out from where you are and come down and let us pray with you. Because God can move the obstacle that's been holding you back. But you have to trust him. This is a trust program. God says, I'll do it for you if you'll trust me. God says, I'll make a way if you'll trust me. I'll even make a way where it seemeth not. God say, I'm the great I am. I can do anything that you allow me to do in your life. But if you want to allow him, God won't force anything on you. So while they're playing, if you're sick this morning and you need prayer, we want to agree with you. If you're here this morning and you've been having battles with, with things in your life that's trying to hold you back, I want to pray with you. If you'd like a deeper walk with God, I want to pray with you for any need you have this morning. Brother White and I will pray with you. I'm going to ask Jeff to come over here.